Hello, and welcome to Real-Time Strategy, a bi-weekly podcast looking at the gaming industry through the lens of public relations. I'm one of your hosts, Caitlin Redwing, joined by my co-host, Sam Mosier. How are you doing today, Sam? Doing great. Uh, excited for another episode of the show. Uh, try number two on a taste test. Um, as getting unmentioned on last uh, two, weeks epi- uh, two weeks ago's episode, we lost our beautiful gamer peanut butter review, but this time... Our taste test is taking us to the metaverse. <laughs> How are you, Caitlin? I am doing good. I am ready to taste the pixels. <laughs> um, that seemed like a terrible pun, but it's the truth. Um, today, we have a great episode for you all as we discuss what is the metaverse. Um <laughs> We are going to taste test the metaverse, as Sam said, (laughs) and we're going to look at like what companies are working towards the metaverse and it's going to be a good chat. But first, we are joined by fellow triple pointer and first time guests, Zach. And I realized I didn't ask you how to pronounce your last name. Is it Farinchak? You got it correct. Yes. Awesome. I was like, I just looked at it and was like, oh, crap. You're a natural. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Zach. Uh, how are you doing? Doing good. I'm really excited to be here. Enjoy a good chat about the metaverse. So this should be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, given this is your first time on the show, we have a few get to know you questions. Uh, the first is, what video game are you playing right now? Oh, man. Okay. So I'm playing two currently. I recently picked up an Xbox Series S and to play Forza Horizon 5, not exclusively, but that's the first big one I'm going into. Um, I've been telling all my coworkers and friends recently I've been on a car kick for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know how to work on cars, don't know anything about them, but I like looking at the pretty cars and driving them in the game. So enjoying that one. And then I also am revisiting uh, Infamous Second Son on the PS5 now. Ooh. It's like a comfort game for me, and it runs beautifully on the PS5. So I've been really enjoying that one. A couple follow-up questions, Zach. Were you a car sure. guy before Horizon 5, or has it turned you into a car guy? <laughs> I guess I flirted with the idea of cars. Like, <laughs> um, even back in high school, like in high school, I always wanted to, to get a Subaru BRZ, and I've never gotten one yet, but I've gotten plenty in Forza, so that's good. <laughs> and then, so Forza Horizon 5, massive game. I think I've played 20 hours and you know, just felt like I've scratched the surface. What is your favorite thing to do in the game? Because there's so much, so many different activities. Oh gosh, yeah. So I've just kind of been doing this, that, and the other. Long story short, there's so many things popping up. I like doing the barn finds, but also just like cruising around, trying all of the different cars. I'm sort of partial to Ford for whatever reason. So trying all the classic Mustangs or I bought the like Ford Lightning pickup truck, not the electric one, which they should add to the game, but the old school one and have been doing races with that. So just kind of exploring how the different cars drive and stuff. I need to add you on Xbox because I just passed Sam and Forza of like the billboards because you know how oh, it snap. tells you like yeah. your friends <laughs> and his was like the highest out of all my friends and I was like ooh I'm like I gotta beat him I gotta go find one more billboard oh my gosh um, it's like this weird competitive part of me that I don't know if I like I can't get the ones that are on top of the buildings or like I can but I'm just too lazy to actually oh, jump off the cliff to do it. <laughs> it's so hard um I just bought the James Bond Aston Martin car, Ooh, and I've been cruising around in nice. that. But yeah, I actually, you said partial before it, and I made a face that 
people who listen can't see because I am a GM <laughs> person. But uh, I, I do I do have a souped up like Bronco mm. in oh, Forza yeah. that I I do love. I'm like, okay, you know what? Never mind. I take back my internal hatred of Ford. Yeah, see, Ford's <laughs> co- I like GM stuff too, though. Like, I think I got the Camaro, and I love the cor- like the Corvette, the mid-engine yeah. one. Very, very cool. Caitlin, it's funny you brought up the billboards because I was going to say that is my favorite or, like activity in Forza is finding the billboards to, to smash through. And Zach, like you, there are many on top of buildings and stuff that are like, I just couldn't figure <laughs> out how to reach. So a buddy of mine, we were doing co-op and we I don't think this is the way you're supposed to do it, but we were using each other's cars to ramp onto the top <laughs> of buildings. That's probably easier. It it worked it took a lot of trial and error but eventually we got a lot of those those tricky billboards teamwork makes the dream work (laughs) (laughs) i think i've only gotten one on top of a building by accident it was (laughs) just i flew over a cliff and i landed on like the billboard on top of the the roof and i was like that was a one in a million shot i'll never be able to redo that (laughs) that's amazing and then, Zach, my infamous second son question is, what's your favorite power set in the game? Oh, gosh. Well, so I've played – this is, like, my fourth time playing through the game. Like I said, it's wow. my comfort game. Yeah. Um, so I've played through the good side twice, and now I'm doing the evil side um, for the second time because, I don't know, it's just, like, you have – I feel like you have, like, unlimited power when you're evil. But, like, you also become the villain, which I think is kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, I've been enjoying that one. Nice. I was always partial to the neon um oh you meant like the type of power yeah 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 yeah. oh 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 um yeah i do like the neon as well it's just so especially so dang pretty you know with the ps5 on ps5 ah the 4k hdr goodness (laughs) oh it's so good i always thought the neon especially at the super speed for more for lack of a better term was like proof that like oh like you can make a flash game that works yes yes it feels good to go so fast through seattle good game Yes, absolutely. I've never played this game, but I do love Sucker Punch Productions. Oh, absolutely. Must try. And it's so cheap. I think it's like included free with the PS5, PlayStation Plus starter pack thingy. Mm. So yeah, definitely give it a shot. That makes sense. Awesome. Well, Zach, give us a little background into how did you fall into video game PR? Oh, gosh. Okay, yeah. So um, like other people... I really like grew up loving video games, stuff like that. And then in college, I decided to study PR because I loved talking and communicating. Um, (laughs) So then I found out because I was pretty involved in PRSSA, which is a pre-professional college organization for PR majors. Highly recommend. Um, And at one of the conferences, I learned that you could do PR for video games because someone was like, yeah, you can do PR for like any industry, really. I'm like, wait, video games is an industry. PR, every industry, one plus one equals two, math, video games, PR. (laughs) So, you know, I did networking and stuff and um, ended up here at Triple Point and I've been loving it so far. I love that. Very nice. And as part of PRSSA, you, or at least in college, you worked on a podcast yourself. Ah, yes, yes. As the vice president of brand engagement, I ran the uh, PRSSA podcast series and really enjoyed doing that. I'm exploring just like the professional, pre-professional side of things. Um, And now it's really cool to be on a different podcast talking about the professional PR side of video games. So cool. What's better, being a host or being a guest? 
Oh, being a guest. We covered this before <laughs> recording, but I did not like editing whatsoever. So now I'm just like, kind of like a grandma. I can come and spoil you guys with my beautiful voice and then let Sam deal <laughs> with it later. <laughs> I think that's my favorite like analogy. <laughs> I'm going to be like a grandma and bless you with my voice. <laughs> um, well, we are so glad to have you at Triple Point. I, it always like amazes me how many people we have here who started here it's yeah it's a unique um path into the industry and i'm i'm glad to see our company do that one other question what is your favorite game or games of all time oh gosh okay so i grew up as a typical call of duty kid so black ops 2 i'm putting up there because i love the well-rounded offering with like some of the zombie maps were amazing multiplayer was fantastic with the league play um and then the campaign was pretty good too so besides that um really also loved borderlands 2 back in the day just very fond memories with very close friends um had played some of the other ones after like the um, pre-sequel in borderlands 3 just didn't have that same magic for me probably because i didn't have the same people to play with um and then also Marvel spider-man i'm a superhero marvel buff fanatic and just that game is chef's kiss amazing beautiful fantastic so those are my favorites what about wait can i ask you guys am i allowed to ask what y'all's favorite are <laughs> no you're know. not allowed to ask us any questions you're only going <laughs> to an answer our questions <laughs> uh yes of course you could ask us questions and we mentioned know. this on before but for me is i don't know i guess i have many answers to this as well the last of us series is just those are my favorite games and it's weird to say they're comfort games, but they are. And I have played The Last of Us 2 every year since it's come out. And I have started the grounded mode of that for this year. It's super hard. We'll see if I actually beat the game. Um, and then uh, Tw Zelda Twilight Princess. I think I find a way to bring this up on every, every episode. <laughs> Is my favorite Zelda game and just like one of my favorite games of all time. And every time Nintendo has a showcase, I hope and pray and make a sacrifice to the gods that they will announce <laughs> a Switch version of the game, and they haven't done it so far. Oh, man. Caitlin and I share many bonding points, one of them <laughs> being our mutual love of The Last of Us 1 and 2, uh, our mutual love of Twilight Princess. The, those, all, those three games are also some of my favorite games of all time. Uh, and then I have a soft spot for what I refer to as the holy trinity of first-party PlayStation platformers from the PS2 generation. Mm. So Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter. Um, those are just like a big lump of like big childhood nostalgia. And I love all three of those equally. Like I would, you know, come the, what, what do they call them now? PlayStation showcases. Um, mm. You know, last one was in August. Hopefully we don't have to wait, you know, longer than August this year for it. If any of those franchises came back, I would be equally excited. So... Yeah. yeah, some good Sucker Punch, Insomniac goodness in there. Mm. Very nice. Can't go very wrong. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? Is, sorry. I somehow just had a very weird memory of a game, um, which if I can't remember the name, it really isn't a favorite. But, oh, Tack and the Power of Juju. Did yes. Did you guys ever play that? I don't know what Did just not. like went off in my head to make me think of this game. <laughs> you were talking about like, old PlayStation 2, because I know it was on the PS2, um, but it was also on the GameCube. And it's, it's like an action-adventure platformer game. I just remember you look like 
like Donnie from the Wild Thornberries. <laughs> um, you don't sound like him, but you look like him. I just remember like you could like pick up sheep and like hide <laughs> in them and like walk with I don't know. Just no, shout out to Tack. It, it, a game so popular it became a Nickelodeon animated show. It did. Yeah. Wait, now I feel like you're unlocking the memory, and I did not know it was a game first. How did I miss the show? Yeah, three games, a, a, I don't know, long running, but it had a show. Um, I have so much uh, love. I mean, I'm not sure if it's well earned for just that generation of how many like mascot platformers there were. Like uh-huh. Tack, shout out to Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. Um, you know, I could I could go on. But oh my I gosh, <laughs> random memory unlocked as well. I never played the game. But I remember seeing stuff for the show. That's yeah. amazing. How, I don't know how I missed this show. This was like <laughs> the peak time for me as a kid. Always <laughs> right watching. alongside Barnyard and Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I love Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Barnyard like scares me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. <laughs> oh, anyways. Before we dive into our main topic, one click disclaimer, Triple Point works with many gaming companies that may come up in this show, including Blizzard, the Pokemon Company, Gearbox, and more. Visit Triple Point PR for our full client roster. Awesome. Well, let's get into the metaverse. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Zach does not have a Coke, Coca-Cola bite, oh, and man. I apologize, Zach. This is like so cruel of us to do this to you. <laughs> But we bought these before we knew who was going to be on the episode, and I didn't have the foresight to be like, hmm, we should record this before Zach's on. That's okay. I can fine-tune your guys' facial expression reactions to these (laughs) and do a live announcing or whatever. I'll give you some ASMR and open the can up by my mic. Oh, boy. Did that come through? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It smells... What does it smell like? So if you go to at real-time strats on social media, I, I've taken several <laughs> glamour shots of the packaging that the cans came in as well as the can themselves. What we are taste testing today is the Coca-Cola Zero Sugar Bite flavor. That is B-Y-T-E. It is limited edition. It comes from Coca-Cola Creations, which is, I believe is like their experimental kind of marketing lab seeing what kind of goodness they can come out of it. And this is a zero calorie cola that is pixel flavored. <laughs> pixel flavored, it smells it's very fruity. Like not what not at all. I get no Coke smell of it. I can't tell what what fruit it is that I'm smelling though. Maybe a raspberry. Maybe it's a special metaverse fruit that doesn't exist in our world. <laughs> <laughs> good call. Good call. <laughs> It cannot be grown on Earth. <laughs> All right. Do we want to try it? Cheers. Cheers. We're seeing some mixed reactions so far. <laughs> it is a lot of flavors. In a, like, it's like layered. Huh. Gotta, Sam, gotta, Sam has a good I, poker face. It's just stone cold. It's one of those... Um, it come yeah, it comes in waves. It's not a one taste fits all of the drink. I is think it I kind of love it. Is it a cola? It is. So the first, it all the fizziness really hits you. I think that's the pixel thing. Is they add more carbonation to this than a normal Coca Cola drink would be. Hmm. So I get fizziness, and then like, I'm gonna say raspberry. I don't know if it's a raspberry. 
and then it's it tastes like cola, Coke. At yeah. the end, huh. it's like three layers of taste in one sip. Wow. I Caitlin nailed it. It's like it's like fizzy, and then it reminds me. So I don't really drink that much soda, um, <laughs> but when I do, it's the it's the one that's worse for you, Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mountain um, Dew. <laughs> and this reminds me the second wave if if you will of taste reminds me of like maybe like volt voltage which is the blue kind mm. of like a rat like a raspberry like a blue raspberry kind of flavor to it and but that's not exactly what this is here because it mixes with that cola taste at the end i also like it i had read i forget which outlet and maybe it's best that i don't they didn't they weren't a fan of the the bite they said it was you know it, it it's beaten too far off the path of cola flavors <laughs> but i actually think it mixes quite well with the raspberry um wow also hindsight uh this is a fizzy drink and it's going to make us burp <laughs> and oh, we're no. on a podcast i'm like keep it inside i'm surprised <laughs> there's been no pepsi nitro comparisons Especially considering we've all been heavily exposed to that was, the Pepsi that was Nitro just, brand. That was just gross. <laughs> <laughs> I've never know. tried it to be fair. But I tried I can't remember if it was like Eddie Mays or I tried somebody's because someone got it. And that was just like I thought it tasted flat. Well, it looks like there's a bunch of fizz in that one. So I I thought the fizz had a connection there, but I could be wrong. Maybe. It was like a strangely foamy Pepsi. Uh, That's what it was. Foam is different than fizz. Yeah. But the the flavor tasted like what flat Pepsi tastes like. Oh, gosh, yeah, no. It sounds like the Coca Cola bite is a way more compelling option here. I kind of like it. So, Caitlin, thank you for procuring this, you know, beverage for you and I. Um, it came in what like can be best described as like maybe like an influencer type mailer. I felt very special getting it because it's like, again, real-time strats, get some photos. It comes in this big cube. Um, a pixel. Yeah, a pixel, if you will. However, it only has two cans in it. So I'm really going to have to savor the second one in my fridge. Were there other options or could it, could you only buy it in this pack of two? No, I'm pretty sure it was just a pack of two because I, yeah, I don't think there was options. Um I could bring up the store page because I have it here. Yeah, it's just, it's just two. But they have like limited edition clothing as well, which is just very strange to me. Like, I want to know who is buying, like, who is buying Coca-Cola Bite t-shirts and sweatshirts who was buying the mini fridge actually i kind of take that back the mini fridge looked pretty cool i'd buy the mini fridge <laughs> that'd be a flex yeah the i do have i need to like stop buying mini fridges i don't somehow it's a problem i have like a normal mini fridge and then i got the xbox i was gonna fridge. ask you of the xbox one uh, nice yeah so i don't need a coca-cola bite mini fridge uh but yeah, it does look like a little influencer box. Probably, I imagine people buy these and never open them and sell them later on. But not that I think they would be worth much. But collecting Coca-Cola special edition stuff is a hobby of a lot of people. It is the, it, I could be wrong, but it may be the first Coca-Cola Metaverse drink 
So, you know, once the metaverse like proliferates more, this could definitely gain some value. Maybe you'll sell it to get some cryptocurrency. I don't know. <laughs> it is. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. We are going to jump in to our history lesson of today. Oh, yay. Um, I did a little bit of research on Coca-Cola, like the special edition drinks that they've done. Have they done anything in like the metaverse or the gaming industry before? Technically, this is Coke's second game tie-in with their drinks, but it's been since 1994 when a Japan-only, it was a Game Gear game, had a mascot of a Coca-Cola kid. So not a, not a drink made by Coca-Cola. It was actually another studio who had a game, and their mascot was just this little kid, and he stood in front of a Coca-Cola sign, which is just... That's a little strange, but it's also, I don't know, very odd that Coke did not get involved in the the metaverse, the gaming industry until now. Especially yeah. because so many competitors did. I mean, of course, mm -hmm. returning to my you know beloved fan favorite, even if it's terrible for me, uh, you know, Mountain Dew double XP weekends are a staple, whether it's yes. for Halo Infinite now or Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. um, and then going back further to like the 90s, there's like, Pepsi Man um, was a video game. Uh, cool Spot, um, <laughs> which I believe is like a Seven Up type of thing. I don't. Oh no, no, he's the he's the mascot for Seven Up. He's the little red dot between the Seven and the Up. No way. Oh what? <laughs> wow. Cool Spot. He has a. I don't know. Famous is the right word for it. Um, but he has a an NES or SNES game that's very popular with a couple of, like. Uh, youtubers i know i don't know whether it's just a joke um but yeah it is thank you for digging into the history caitlin i'm kind of shocked that there hasn't been like i don't know what i would pitch but like yeah some sort of coca-cola platformer or at least a coca-cola fortnite skin or something where's yeah. that you know well speaking of fortnite <laughs> say do you have the what is the actual yeah. wording I'd be happy to. So the Coca-Cola uh, Zero Sugar Bite has power, or it's teamed up with Fortnite for a special in-game island. Um, and I will pull up the information so I can read more. I did and not know zero, that. Coca-Cola Zero Sugar Bite Island. It's an exclusive Fortnite island. You've got like fun mini games for you and you can like squad up with your friends. Yeah, so for all you listening out there, if you're curious to check it out yourself, you get codes for the islands from your can. But I'm going to share this with all those lucky listeners out there that if you want to visit the island yourself, you can use the island codes 8565 and 0287 and 3178 to visit the Zero Sugar Bite Island. So yeah, so for uh, Coca-Cola, it's, it's not an official partnership with Epic Games. That's a little... Um, you know, asterisk text at the bottom of the can. Uh, but this island includes hidden treasures, collection of pixels, and mini games um, to further enhance your experience with the bite drink. Um, it kind of reminds me, this is, you know, so far off the, you know, the, the Coca-Cola bite conversation. But when Time Magazine uh, did the Martin Luther King, like, map, in Fortnite, that wasn't like an officially Epic Games developed thing. Right. It was a, you know, it was a partnership, but not, you know, it was using the Fortnite creator, which, you know, of course, is what Fortnite kind of started as in the first place. I feel like every day there's some new Fortnite 
partnership or activation and I mean we're talking about the metaverse and we'll get into it even more in a bit but like it's just it's kind of crazy how many gaming or how many brands are getting involved in the gaming industry and partnering with companies like Fortnite and Minecraft and Roblox um when I was doing a little bit more of my research into Coca-Cola I came across actually Oh, I wish I could call out what article it was, and I don't remember, but they called out a Tumblr site that has been cataloging every vending machine that is in video games, <laughs> and it's kind of like when you, maybe I'll like, we can link it on our Twitter. I can go back and find it, because it was actually a lot of fun to dig through the number of games that have vending machines that you can interact with. And for some reason, a lot of people look for these in games. Um, and it made me think, huh. like, I we mentioned on a previous podcast of, like, iconic uh, food and drinks that are in games. And I mentioned the Nuka Cola in the Fallout series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? That's That's right. They made that a feature in the game. But then I was also thinking, like, all of these vending machines and all of these products in games have never been a branded product. Yeah, And I'm curious as, you know, gaming becomes more expensive and just, you know, proliferated beyond, like, you know, it's just becoming more and more popular, you know, not just, you know, it's a a mainstream thing at this point. Like if we will see more brand, like direct, like product placement in games, like, you know, Monster Energy in Death Stranding or there's Cup of Noodles in Final Fantasy 15. But that's like, I mean, that's the best I can do. Like my my knowledge kind of ends there. I really the only thing I could think of is that these companies didn't find the gaming industry profitable. And I feel like that's probably why Coca-Cola for years didn't do anything with it until now because it I mean, it has exploded just in the past couple of years since the pandemic. More and more families and individuals have gotten into video games kind of are destigmatizing a lot of the a lot of things that kind of have stuck around for the past 20 ish years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that um, like all these companies are trying to reach that young, younger core audience where I feel like in the past they went to social for that Um, a lot more. It's in like the gaming and metaverse space um, just because it's sort of like uncharted waters in terms of like, you know, discussions around advertising in games advertising in gaming platforms like xbox and playstation this is like a new a new frontier to try to capture the you know core gen z audience so it'll be interesting to see how companies do it is the metaverse the route is in-game ads the the route you know there's definitely different avenues to take there to a degree you have to wonder like exactly like caitlin said like around this time or maybe i I, i'm not sure how long coca-cola bite was in r&d maybe two years ago um, but they're looking, you know, at the the boom of Animal Crossing in the pandemic and looking at Pepsi, which has such a monopoly on kind of gaming soda with the Mountain Dew brand with like Game Fuel and the double XP weekends. And they're like, why have we been sleeping on this for so long? So I'm not sure maybe Byte is exactly like the it might be dipping the toes in the water because it's a limited edition thing. But who knows? Maybe it'll be around uh maybe it'll be kind of like a baja blasting and they'll bring it around frequently enough and get people excited about they it start selling it at taco bell alongside oh. the mountain dude that'd be crazy i don't think that could happen but i'm here for it if it does here for the chaos honestly I am too i would only request a little bit less bubbles 
I want more of like that raspberry flavor to come through. Um, this would probably taste good when it's like more flat. <laughs> I know. I'm like kind of tempted just to leave it sitting for a bit just to <laughs> yeah. see what it's like when it's not as bubbly. Um, well, before we get like too into, there's other things I want to talk about within the gaming industry and the metaverse. Let's start with just the basic question. What is the metaverse? And I have my own thoughts on what that is. I am very curious as to what you two, what do you think the metaverse is? Well, I'll take a stab at it. Uh, it's, you know, seemingly very new from what research I've done, you know, discussions about it have been going on since the nineties. Um, my like basic definition or idea concept of it is that it's like a shared space where brands, individuals, individual creators, avatars, assets from different games can all exist in this shared space. It has to be free and open. No one company controls the metaverse. Um, there has to be like a free exchange and flow of information assets inside and outside of the metaverse. Has anyone achieved that yet? I don't think so. I feel like if they did, we would all be talking about it and instantly know. But if you mention, you know, what's the metaverse or what's the main metaverse product, no one really points to one thing besides maybe Fortnite. But even then, it's kind of a few steps removed from what I think the true metaverse is. But Sam, what do you think? Yeah, Zach, I think you you nailed it. And it, it is hard to articulate. Like for me, I see the metaverse as like a the next evolution of the internet it is a space that combines like physical interaction or the um sensation of physical interaction with digital connection um and you touched on you know this is something that uh, one of our partners in i think i'm losing track of who's been on the show has quinn been on the show caitlin no Okay, I, so. I know he was in talks one time. So one of the, the one of our partners at Triple Point, uh, Quinn Wageman, he sh has shared the seven rules of the metaverse, which has been like really foundational in me, kind of just understanding like what we should be building toward. And rule number one, and this comes from Tony Parisi, who I actually believe is now a client of Triple Point, but full mm -hmm. disclosure, I don't work with him, uh, and I find these rules very helpful. Uh, so rule number one, there's only one metaverse, and I think that's very important for where we're kind of at in the space right now is that there's, you know, whether you said it's Fortnite or there's plenty of other people trying, but it's a lot, we're a long ways away from the ready player one Oasis or the snow crash in, in the book, what they just call the metaverse and kind of popularized the term. Um, but yeah, I see it as that shared space that every, it's the one place you go to not if it, if there's a hundred different metaverses kind of defeats the point. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, what's your definition? I, oh, I don't, I think it was Zach who mentioned something about a light switch and they're like, no one has like flipped that switch on the metaverse yet. Mm -hmm. It's, I love that you said that because I make, I like wrote notes for myself and the first thing I wrote was there is no like light switch for the metaverse. Mm. Like I, I don't know if we'll ever truly know like when we're in it. Um, but what Sam mentioned and is what I believe as well is it basically is just the next like step for the internet it is the successor to the internet that we know now it's um beyond web 3.0 that i know is a huge conversation and we could talk about that on a different episode possibly um but yeah it for me it's sam i mentioned it's just 
the successor to the internet, kind of what you said, we when we have like seamless synergy between physical and digital worlds, um, I don't know if that will ever happen. I think there are so many, comp- like all companies are going to have to work together. So many companies themselves are very siloed in their products and services that I just, it is hard to imagine a world where that gets de-siloed and everything kind of works together and we have access to what is essentially the internet, but in our physical world, like an AR or a VR headset. Um, and it's it's just like taking our mobile phones and having it have access to your Minecraft worlds and your Fortnite maps. And maybe you're in Minecraft and you want to in, import like a Fortnite skin it's I don't know if that will ever happen that is very much a snow crash type world and I don't know maybe it'll happen I would love to see it I don't think we have the hardware and infrastructure right now to do it it's we cannot contain everybody on a server so that they could access the entirety of the internet 24 7 like in real time that's just not a possible scenario but i don't know i it's an interesting concept i yeah i look forward to seeing where our internet and technology takes us um hopefully we get a headset that is easier to wear than the ones we have now for vr and i i know i'm mentioning vr and there are a lot of people who are like the metaverse is not in the vr and they would be correct but I would argue that I think VR is the key to the metaverse and what will really take us in the next step. What do you guys think? Hmm. So many interesting points. I will push back on the VR. I am biased in that I have not really used VR very, very much. I don't own any VR headsets or anything. I think that like a key to the metaverse working for everyone is that it has to be like adaptable and accessible. So I think that And I'm not saying that you're arguing that everyone needs to wear a VR headset to enter the metaverse, Caitlin, but I'm saying that there has to be versions of the meta or like you have to be able to interact with the metaverse from a variety of of different devices. So I think like a laptop, a phone, a tablet, a television, a gaming console, having it be as accessible and fluid as possible across a variety of devices will make it work for other people's different lifestyles. Like, I don't know. I love the metaverse and or not. I mean, I wouldn't say I love the metaverse yet. I'm intrigued by it, but I love like technology and stuff and games. But I also think that it's important to have like a separation and a boundary too. Like, I don't want to live my whole life in the metaverse one day. That seems a little dreary. No, I don't think. Actually, I guess I don't know. I hope that the companies that are trying to build worlds for the metaverse aren't building them for people to live in. I feel like it's kind of like an extension of ourselves and something we could do almost as a hobby like yeah exactly right now when we're done working it's like okay well what do we want to do oh we want to play video games with friends i or maybe we want to go like we want to play tennis but our friends live across the world well we can jump into the metaverse and yes vr makes this more realistic if you're playing something like tennis but you can you can do that you I don't know. It's it is a very tricky line to not always think of it as VR, but yeah, I know absolutely. you mentioned like you you haven't played VR. Um, 
but I do I do have some stats because I'm a nerd and just got into a hole last night Ooh. and why I was like I I just think VR is going to be the key to making the metaverse seem more appealing and entertaining because you have a company like Meta that's like, oh, you'll be able to take meetings in the metaverse. That's not appealing at all. Who cares about taking? I, I'm we sorry. do our cameras off half the time anyways. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mark, Zuck <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. That is like the least appealing thing I've ever heard. And you're not going to get anywhere with that. <laughs> but currently, and these are... Um, up-to-date statistics for 2022, VR has a 91.2% year-over-year increase, though like the demand is still less than a lot of other electronics, such as smartphones, your smartwatches, tablets, um, but it is growing. Uh, the number of AR and VR products expected to ship this year is 14.94 million devices with which is a 54.2% increase from last year. Like some of the statistics just in the past like 2 years and a lot of this is um exasperated because of the pandemic, it has like skyrocketed as a form of entertainment for a lot of people. And I don't know, it's I didn't grab like how many billions of dollars the industry is supposed to be worth in like the next 5 years, but it was like hundreds of billions of dollars and i was like i'm getting sick looking at these numbers mm. but yeah i my take on vr and the metaverse is i i'm like so to return again because these are very helpful guidelines just to like basically like because the metaverse is so confusing and and kind of nebulous in the way that you know it, it's still being worked on and being the term is used in many different ways by startups and big corporations right now. So just looking at the general definitions, again, Tony Parisi's rules, number two, the metaverse is for everyone. Um, in which case like that returns to Zach's point that like, you know, if VR is the metaverse right now, then VR needs to be more widely accessible and affordable. Um, you know, in the way that like, again, we read snow crash for our triple point book club a couple months ago. And there are scenes in that book where the main character is entering the metaverse from his car. Um, and our internet infrastructure and VR, like, hardware, we're just so far away from anything like that being possible. Um, I guess unless maybe you snap, um, like, a Samsung gear on your head. Maybe that's the closest <laughs> thing. But that's not exactly going to get you into the metaverse, per se. Uh, but then t the, the seventh rule, and I think an important one for, like, seeing VR's place in it, is the, the metaverse is the internet. And, you know, the internet can be entered and accessed by so many different means from a PC, a laptop, a phone, your Apple watch, um, that like ideally the metaverse, this being this extension of the internet can be, you know, used in VR, but it can also be used in AR. And like, mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, going to be so much broader than just one medium or piece of hardware even if you know a bunch of different companies are making different pieces of vr hardware but it's beyond just that one like medium of hardware that if that makes sense yeah that does it's i like those rules thank you was it tony parisi <laughs> tony parisi yes thank you interesting what are your guys's i keep asking your thoughts but i am just so curious what you think of the metaverse doesn't have to be video games essentially but i feel like video games are almost like the precursor to the metaverse like we have kind of speared the head 
for what the metaverse is and do you guys have any thoughts on that like why do you think that is what was the first true what was the first step that made us all kind of start thinking that we are in the metaverse or close to the metaverse i'm going to go out on a limb i'm sure this has been mentioned before but playstation home is like such an early like at least for my personal experience right because i wasn't really a pc gamer growing up a, you know, more PlayStation, Xbox, seeing PlayStation home. I thought it was so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. I'm like designing your own little apartment and walking around and seeing all of these live avatars. Like that was just so it was impressive to me. I was amazed. And, you know, people have been doing stuff like this in World of Warcraft for years, I'm sure. But, you know, for me, I never had an experience like that. So seeing that was like a big precursor, I would say. And then moving forward, like Minecraft, I think, pushed the envelope forward a ton like i remember playing on like the it's called hypixel or something servers in high school with some buddies and friends and just seeing all those live players it was amazing then i think fortnite was like another huge pushing forward in terms of like we've already had the like live worlds with interactions and ugc but i feel like fortnite really got brands on board like you know i don't know you just see like you're playing with master chief and um like uh captain america and stuff in the same like game like it's crazy um so yeah i feel like those are three like pillars that kind of push the conversation forward but i'm interested to hear uh your guys's thoughts there too yeah i think gaming is so closely associated with the metaverse because it's an easy like pitch because like you know what sounds more attractive a metaverse where you're like hanging out with your friends and playing games together or the metaverse where you're like taking meetings all day (laughs) um and while both both while both both of those might be the future reality of the metaverse um it's a lot easier to at least sell us for now when it's a game um so like and i think it can start there and just broaden out like vr chat uh which I would recommend everyone check out People Make Games. It's a good uh, YouTube channel. They put out a video just this week uh, titled Making Sense of VR Chat, The Metaverse People Actually Like. Um, and, well, yeah, VR Chat is largely an extension of, like, you know, what people have been doing for years in MMOs like World of Warcraft, you know, hanging out. And they, I just watched a documentary at a film fest early this year called uh, We Met in Virtual Reality, and it was all about these communities that have formed in virtual reality and people have fallen in love and gotten married. And, you know, those headlines go long, you know, beyond or long before gaming uh, in VR chat. Uh, But like that started off, you know, you can play games in there and, but then now they host dance parties and a big focus of the documentary is that they have um, the people are learning sign language in VR chat. So I think it's easy to like, in the same way that like, graphics engines are driven by gaming but now like surgeons are using advanced um 3d rendering uh to improve like remote surgery um consulting it's like gaming drives these things and the other things kind of fill in in between yeah that i was going to mention how um like john favreau used like vr to for like the lion king and then or with the jungle book. I don't know. Then they did it for the jungle book. It might have been both. Yeah. It might have been both. And I know they used it like on the Star Wars show. It's They have just adopted this technology to be able to like see things in real time that like we can't build or see with our eyes without like spending a ton of money. It So it's like cost saving. But 
why I brought that up is what I think the gaming industry does well is that the platforms, the the hardware and the software are like the most best equipped for brands to enter the metaverse. All of these like companies and brands don't have to build their own platforms. They already exist. And on top of like the hardware and software already existing, they also have the user base, which is why I think brands like that are working with Animal Crossing and Fortnite and Roblox is so popular is because they don't have to do really as much work or any work to get people to try it out. Those people are already there in those worlds. They're going to try it out regardless. Um, and that's ultimately the end goal. Like, again, returning yeah. to that f- first rule, there was only one metaverse. Like, ideally, you know, we put aside our differences and our greed and realize that ultimately, like, the metaverse is, is most beneficial and helpful to everyone if we're all in the same one because then even just from the you know the sales business side of it is like you know you want more users in that place if we're going to the one place where everyone is then you know we're not dividing our user bases um and trying to you know reach a a bunch of different ponds when you know why go for the you know a hundred different ponds when you can go for the one big ocean yeah absolutely another like um, thing that just keeps coming up in my mind as we talk about this is just the pure social connection that the metaverse promises. I don't think it's a coincidence that these metaverse conversations popped up after like in a post pandemic world. Um, and just thinking like one thing that gaming has gotten right, at least from my personal experience is having that social connection. Like just growing up playing call of duty with my friends, you know, we didn't really care about how good we were doing. I didn't even, I kind of just zoned out the, like, you know, playing the actual game. It was just about being there, hanging out with people that I couldn't be with in person and then just talking about life. So I think that that's something else that could be considered for metaverse conversations. Again, for, for it to follow rule number two, the metaverse is for everyone. There should not be, um, you know, like an end goal or an end job or task. Like, you know, I don't want to go into the metaverse to take virtual meetings. I don't want to go into it to make money. I just want to go into it to have a shared experience with friends that I enjoy and it could be an escape from, you know, real life. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's a, another important aspect. Yeah. Please don't put your meetings in um, the metaverse. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I think there is some benefits to say like some trainings, you know how like we've started using like loom to visually like show people like how to do something, having all of that, like, easily like available and be able to like sit through and just like see i could see the benefits of that but what's the difference of seeing that in vr than seeing it on a screen other than like maybe our job isn't the great a good example maybe for a new job that's very hands-on and you have to like do things mechanics and such i could see there being a benefit of doing that in vr or ar Um, Yeah, like going back, looping all the way back to my car fixation, you know, if there was like a really good simulation of how to work on a car, like you can get up under a virtual car, change the, not even going to mention a car part, that's how not well versed (laughs) in cars I am, but you know, yeah, 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 change the brakes without, you know, breaking an actual car or like dropping a brake pad on your face. Oh, that's such a horrible visual. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, like, you know, being able to do it in the metaverse, that could be like a good practical application outside of our jobs. So, Well, 
feel like we breezed through all my questions and I didn't think we would do that in only 50 minutes. I mean, we're just really good at our jobs. <laughs> I think we're so yeah. good. We were on top of it. Um, I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't finish. I, I've kind of like, you know, dipped into the rules when they were relevant to our conversation, but just to finish rounding them out, I'll read all seven in full. Um, Again, Tony Parisi's seven rules in the metaverse. Number one, there's only one metaverse. Number two, the metaverse is for everyone. Number three, nobody controls the metaverse. Number four, the metaverse is open. Number five, kind of thing we touched upon, but uh, just to reiterate kind of this idea of like, you know, is that it can't just be one physical thing getting us there. Rule number five, the metaverse is hardware independent. Uh, Rule number six, the metaverse is a network. And rule number seven, the metaverse is the internet. So I feel in some sort of form or fashion, we've touched on all seven of those, even just like coincidentally throughout our conversation. We're so smart. <laughs> I think Look like, at us. I just think that overall, like having it being open and accessible is just like a huge, you know, core foundation of it. Like, you know, I mean, the, like thinking about the internet, you know, no one controls the internet wholly. I'm sure that there's like, you know, differing opinions on people controlling certain or organizations controlling certain sectors of the internet. But I think for the metaverse, for it to work, like being open and accessible is like just a good general rule of thumb, at least from my like perspective currently. I'm sure it'll change though. It's changing so fast. That's a optimistic thought. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure I have that much trust in large corporations and our government to keep it open and free that's a whole other like thing we could dive down is like how do you even regulate the metaverse i know there's conversations in the crypto space which i'd rather not touch upon right now in terms of regulation but yeah that's another big challenge too we we might have to have a part two of this episode because yeah i web3 blockchain is a huge part of the metaverse but there is I kind of went down that rabbit hole last night and there just was like so much. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to fit it, shove it into this episode. Um, Maybe we'll try and find someone in the industry who is like very knowledgeable and can talk on that because I am not confident enough to do so. Yeah. I I think that would be a really interesting conversation. Um, Just seeing someone who's like, you know, involved in the space and, and knowledgeable could really like enlighten people about, you know, because it's so hard to even explain what a blockchain is. I've watched like seven TED talk preparation for this and I'm still not entirely sure how it works. So yeah, having some insight there would be really interesting, I think. Yeah, and especially because so much of the conversation around the metaverse is this idea of, you know, it is for everyone. It is um, not wholly owned by any one interest. And that's like fundamental to the idea of Web3 and blockchain is that it's, you know, it's community. It's a community. It's not, there's not one controlling corporation over it. So, um, yeah, definitely an important aspect of this kind of metaverse picture. But like you both said, it's, it's, it's its own can of worms that we've kind of kept unopened for the sake of just (laughs) talking about the metaverse as a concept. Sorry, this yeah. Coke has me like jacked up on metaphors today. I can't like stop like, using like, <laughs> sayings and stuff like the the hundred ponds versus big ocean. Like, 
what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) At least you didn't compare yourself to a grandma at the start of the episode. (laughs) I'm not used to much love to grandmas though. Yeah, of course. Yeah, shout out to grandmas. Yes, grandmas everywhere. This is a caffeinated beverage, by the way. So like I'm a little more I I usually skip caffeine in the morning, so I'm gonna be you know, I'll be bouncing all day. (laughs) I I specifically didn't drink coffee this morning because I was like, I'm gonna have a Coke. Um, one final fun question just to end it while we are nowhere near like what many people picture to be the metaverse like yet, does anyone have a favorite example of like, you know, us, you know, where we're at in the metaverse right now, your favorite example of it? Like for me, like everybody coming together in Fortnite in the summer of 2020 to watch the Tenet trailer was like... (laughs) Was kind of like cool, or the 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 Travis Scott or Ariana Grande concert. I was thinking of the Travis Scott uh, concert. I don't yeah. know that would be my favorite though. I'll sit and think about something. Yeah, off the top of my head, and it might be because we mentioned Fortnite, but just experiences within Fortnite. Again, being a Marvel buff, when they first added Thanos in for like the movie activation, and you could play as him or as the other Avengers. That was so cool. And it's just grown so much from there, like the concerts. And then just like, I just don't think it's so such a cool novelty to be able to play as a psycho from Borderlands with <laughs> Kratos. And, you know, I don't know if a Power Ranger is in there. If not, Epic Games get on that. And, you know, I think the novelty of that is just so fun and cool. Um, so that's like the one that stands out to me right now. Yeah, it's totally that example again of like, you know, the user base of Fortnite is so like powerful that it is like put it is convinced people to put aside their brand differences and allow Batman to fight alongside Spider-Man. Like that's yep. the future that we want in the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Guys, I don't think I have one and I think it's cuz I've never done any of these activations. <laughs> well, um, now you can say it's a tasting the metaverse. I yeah, my <laughs> favorite metaverse thing is tasting the pixels by coca-cola <laughs> well that i think is a good place to end things thank you both for joining me today thank you so much zach for being our special guest and watching sam and i drink a very weird drink <laughs> um this was a great conversation and we look forward to discussing the metaverse more in the future um because i know we will it is ever changing and growing um if you can find us at RT Strats, Real Time Strats, I'm sorry, Real Time Strats on Twitter, and you can listen to our podcast on all all your favorite podcast networks. Zach, where can people find you? Oh gosh, okay. Um, well, you guys can link me in the description because I'm zoning and I forgot my Twitter handle. But um, yeah, I'm on the internet. Uh, hit me up. I like to talk about Marvel and um, tech and stuff. And I'm so happy to be on the show today. Thank you all for having me. Of course. Thank you for joining us. Sam, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere at Sam Scott Mosier. That's Scott with one T. Quick question before we wrap up. Can you... F- you can't fly with beverages, right? Because I was going to promise I'm bringing a 12-pack of Coca-Cola Bites to the next uh, Triple Point Hangout, but I don't know if that's allowed. <laughs> I don't think it is. But that's, too much, that's too much liquid closed. in a plane. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I don't even think you can put that on a checked bag. 
For a second, I thought you were talking about like literally Sam going up and flying like with wings, like with Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, that's how hyped up I thought you were. Coca Cola gives you wings. Wait. Oh Mom's gosh. So oh gosh. Um, <laughs> Caitlin, anyways, where can people could, find you? You can find me on Twitter at Caitlin Redwing. Um, basically, the only place that I lurk, other than Letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a movie buff, find me there. Um, if you want us to cover any topics or if you would like to be a guest on the show please email us at podcast at triple point com. thank you so much for listening and until next time thank you <laughs>